Hey everyone, and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban, and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And for more details, you can visit our website, which is www.refinerylife.org. Join me in the Lord's Prayer before we go any further this morning. I think it's important that we start praying the way the Lord told us we should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today we continue our series based on the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And the theme is making a new world. And today we're talking about a picture of the church. We're going to look at Ephesians 2, 20-21, which is what we're going to concentrate on today. But we're going to read through and work through Ephesians 2, 19-22. So let's read that together. It talks about Christ being our cornerstone. Now therefore, it says in verse 19, You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom also you are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Now Paul had a picture for the church. In fact, he used many metaphors to describe the people of God. And one of his favorite images of the church was that of the household of God. And a similar picture can be found in 1 Peter 2, 4 to 8. It talks about the chosen stone and his chosen people. Let's read it. 1 Peter 2, 4 through to 8. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up to a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected, has become the chief cornerstone. Amen for that. Verse 8, And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumble, being disobedient to the word, to which they also were appointed. The building metaphor here shows us many insights about the church. The church rests on a secure foundation. The foundation is identified. The cornerstone for the building is identified as Jesus Christ in Ephesians 2.20. It says, let's read it again, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Notice there that it's foundation, not foundations. The cornerstone is the primary foundation stone at the angle of a structure by which the architect fixes a standard for the bearings of the work. I remember years ago, I was a bricklayer. We would always start at the lowest point in a building. And we'd build the corner before we build anything else. We've got to start with the cornerstone. 
And this stone at the base of the building is essential to the integrity of the structure. If you don't get that first corner square and level and plumb, everything else will be wrong. Everything else will be out of whack. And no one can fit into the picture of the church without Jesus Christ. He supports and holds together both the foundation and the walls. It is Christ who gives the structure its unity and strength. And the foundation supports the entire building. Every part of the building rests on that same foundation. No one can belong to the church without resting on Christ. And in their solidarity, they share one common theme. Jesus Christ is Lord. And then this way, the church demonstrates a harmonious design. Various parts go into making up the building. The construction of a building requires all types of materials. Concrete, steel, wood, glass, many, many other things. And this diversity of materials does not all does not call attention to any one of the materials. By themselves, they are not a house. They are not a building. They're just a material. But this represents the idea of unity, doesn't it, when it all comes together. And various people go into the making up of a church as well. The church has a variety of members, many personality types, many cultural backgrounds, many education levels. And so many other differences make up the church. The diversity does not create disunity. Instead, it emerges from diversity. The unity emerges from diversity. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13 tells us of unity and diversity in one body. It says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so we're also is Christ. For by the Spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have been made to drink into one Spirit. Come on, how good is that? We didn't have to do anything for that other than accept Christ as our Lord and Saviour. The church houses a unique occupant as well. Christians ought to be delighted over the Holy Spirit's occupancy. No building is ever constructed for the sake of being empty. Rather, buildings are constructed to have occupancy, and the church has been built to house the Holy Spirit. It has always been God's intention to dwell among his believers, and God inhabits the lives of believers through his Spirit, and nothing ought to bring them greater delight. Some houses have a sign that says, The Joneses live here, and the church should be evidence of the fact that the Holy Spirit lives here. Christians ought to be careful about the Holy Spirit's occupancy, though. Because the Holy Spirit lives in believers. They need to exercise great care. They should allow the Spirit to control their lifestyle. They should not defile the dwelling place of God. They should not do anything to offend the Spirit. And having God's Holy Spirit within us requires us to take great care in living. And the church blesses the entire world. Buildings are constructed to help people. Their purpose may be protection from the weather or a storage place for goods, or a number of other things, but God constructs the church to help people. The habitation of God becomes a source of blessing and rejoicing to the world. And the church blesses the world. No building can compare with the people redeemed by the blood of Christ. The church is made up of humble people who walk with God, and the world rejoices to see the beauty of their faith and hope. We need to start looking at the church as the household of God. 
as you look, make sure you are part of that building. Put your life on the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. He will make you part of the building so that you can glorify him. Let me encourage you to be diligent to read your Bible. Be diligent with your Bible study time because God is so much more for us than we can get from going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him and he can make you whole, spirit, soul and body. And you're important to God, you know that already, but you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings.